welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Van Busicum, and our guest today is Dr. Gary Sides. He's a beef cattle nutritionist on the Zoetis Technical Services team. Thank you so much, Gary, for being here today on the show to talk to us about the hot topic of implants and labeling. My pleasure. Thanks, Evan, for the invitation. So at the end of 2021, the FDA sent a letter to beef cattle producers regarding the use of cattle ear implants. Can you talk about the reason for that letter and go into what that letter entailed? Yeah, so I need to do a little history first. Okay. If you go historically and you look at specifically feedlot implants, really none of them, except for a few exceptions, have had a re-implant claim on their label. So even though we've been re-implanting cattle in the feedlot and other places for decades, very few of the implants have a re-implant claim. Okay. So the FDA was just trying to update what the labels say. And they actually came out in April of 21 saying that unless you have on your label a re-implant claim that's been approved by the FDA, there's no re-implanting allowed within a production phase. And so that came out in April of 21. And then in December of 21, they said that we have until June of 2023 to uh, get those labels changed on our implants. And so that's kind of where we sit today. And in June of 2023, uh, the FDA will start enforcing uh, no re-implanting unless there's a claim that's been approved on your label of your implants. All right. And that, if I recall correctly, that also does not address if the cattle change ownership. Is that correct? Uh, whether they change ownership or not, the, the, the way the FDA looks at it within a production phase. Okay. Unless I have a re-implant label claim approved, I can't re-implant within a production phase whether they, they trade hands or not. That's, that's the letter of the law. Okay. So, I, I, you know, we, we don't want to be policemen of this, but I'm just telling you what the agency has come out in their documents stating that within a production phase, unless there's, no, unless there's a re-implant label, you cannot re-implant. Uh, without a label on your implants. Okay. All right. That's good to know. So how are companies updating their labels to clarify if and when an implant can be used for reimplantation? So we haven't, the, all, all pharmaceuticals received notice from the FDA back in 2021 asking us to have labels uh, on our boxes by June of 2023. So by then, wh- whether we have a label on the box or not, if I don't, if I do not have a reimplant claim for my implants, whether the labels there or not, I, I cannot reimplant uh, after the first implant in, in a feed yard, stalker, or a suckling calf phase. Okay, so those are the three phases that they have. So there's basically there's really four phases, but three that are really the most simplistic and the and the most obvious. So I have a suckling calf phase from birth to weaning. I can use a, any of the approved implants for that phase. Then they go to the next phase is a, a pasture cattle, stalker cattle. And then the, the fourth phase would be, they call it dry lot, but there's no implant out there that has a dry lot label. Okay. A dry lot label. And then uh, the, the third phase, it's really the, the essential one for us, the most important one would be the feedlot phase. And the feedlot phase includes backgrounding yards, growing yards, etc. They're all subsets of cattle in confinement for slaughter. So I have suckling calf, starker cattle, and feedlot cattle, which includes backgrounders, growers, and, and uh, cattle in a finished ration. But the, the FDA looks at all those as the same cattle in confinement for slaughter. So what, what can we really expect 
in June of 2023? How is that going to affect people? What implants does it affect or what are some of the changes that people have done as far as trying to make a claim to allow folks to use implants, use their implants as they have? So I, I can tell you what Zoetis has done. When, when, historically in 2008, when Revlor XS got approval, the FDA did not require any implant, reimplant contraindication, which means a contraindication means you can't do a reimplant. So there was no contraindication on that label. In 2014, when Zoetis came out with labels for Cinevex 1 feedlot, Cinevex Choice Heifers, and Cinevex 1 Grass, again, we were not required to have a no reimplant contraindication. But that all changed in 2017 when Revlor XH was approved. And at that point in time, the FDA required Merck to put on that label no reimplanting allowed. So there was a contraindication for reimplanting of Revlor XH. And so we, we read the tea leaves then. Biblically, we looked at the book of Daniel. He said we read the handwriting on the wall. And we said, it looks like the agency might be going ahead and they're going to restrict all implants unless they have the label to be re-implanted within a production phase. So we started work in 2018. In August of this year, we received approvals from the FDA to have re-implanting for our Cinebex Choice, our Cinebex Plus, and our Cinebex One feedlot. We have re-implant labels currently in place that will be available now through uh, June of next year when the actual enforcement takes place. So basically that allows for all the Zoetix products to be uh, seamless, I should say, seamless use as they currently have been for after June, 2023. It should be. So our specific re-implant claims are a Cinevex, this is feedlot production phase, a Cinevex choice of arrival can be followed by another Cinevex choice between 60 and 120 days later. I can do a Cinevex choice at arrival followed by a Cinevex plus 60 to 120 days later. Or I can do a Cinevex choice at arrival followed by a Cinevex one feedlot 60 to 120 days later. So those are our three labels that we have approved currently. So that'll really be a good thing for producers to be able to kind of continue to do their production practices as they have been with maybe some minor tweaks here or there to, to make sure that we're within that labeled time period. That is correct. So in 2018, we tried to come up with the three most common implant, re-implant programs uh, initially to, to get everyone uh, at least within, within a close system of what they were doing previously. So those are the ones we started on in 2018. We had to get a target animal safety, human safety, and, and environmental work to get approvals for those implants, which we were approved in August of 2022. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, changing gears a little bit, I, I know uh, we had talked earlier today about some implants that I think are maybe not new, but maybe used in a different way. What do we have out there for implants for suckling calves that would not impact future reproductive performance. I'm mostly talking about heifers here. I know a fair amount of our listeners will implant calves, especially steer calves, while they're still on their dams in the suckling phase. But I know that historically we haven't had data or you know a product that we could use in our heifers if we were going to be retaining internal replacements or even selling some of these choicer heifers for other folks to purchase as possible replacement heifers. So on the Cinevex line, we have Cinevex C that's approved for suckling calves. It's been it's been on the marketplace for decades. We have some older work that looked at the effect of a Cinevex C 
at 45 days of age on subsequent reproduction and potential replacement heifers. There's eight or nine of those studies over the past decades that show really no effect of that implant on subsequent reproduction if those heifers were kept after weaning for reproduction. There's a newer study from New Mexico State that was done just three or four years ago. It was a, a four-year summary where they had 90-day-old heifers that were given a Cinevex C, and then they were followed through for the first three or four years of their life. They were actually replacement heifers. Uh, the Cinevex C gave a 30-pound response at weaning weight. That 30-pound response is maintained through two years of age, but they looked at AI conception rates and total pregnancy rates, and the Cinevex C had no effect on reproduction versus the non-implanted heifers at 90 days of age. By about three years of age, that 30-pound advantage in weight had disappeared, so both implanted and non-implanted cows then had uh, no difference in, in final weight on pasture, but no effect of the implant on reproduction. Yeah, I just found that super interesting. I was talking to a, a sales rep in our area ab about that just because, I mean, I've got a small beef herd of my own. I keep my own internal replacements, but not all the heifers that are born are destined for that replacement pen. I don't think anybody in the country would, would argue that some heifers are born and they have a different endpoint. But this was something that I'm a little, maybe a little newer to, to using implants and suckling calves, but that was something that that I found most interesting. I want to kind of discuss a little bit about offering our listeners maybe another tool to consider, especially if they're already implanting their steer calves in the suckling phase, that maybe they could be also implanting their heifers. One of our basic principles of implanting is we try to match the dosage of the implant to the ability of the animal to eat, feed, and gain weight. So the beauty of Cinevac C, it's the lowest dose implant on the market. It really matches the nutritional status and the gain potential of calves at that time of their life. So it, it's, it's a very low dose. It uh, gives you a really nice response, anywhere from 20 to 40-pound improvement in weaning weights, and yet it has no effect on subsequent reproduction. And by the way, we never, ever recommend an implant in a, in a bull calf that will be kept for uh, replacement. That's a good point to make. So... Thank you so much, Gary, for coming today to, to talk to us about implants and labeling and, and how to use some of these implants maybe in a different way than people have thought of in before. Uh, is there anything else you think our, our listeners should know? I, I guess one thing I would like you to know is that Zoetis does not plan on being policemen in this F, new FDA regulation. I think one of the things that we all need to be aware of is that since about the 1950s, we've had OTC access to steroid hormones used in, in food and animals that are used for human food source. So that's a very important responsibility. And I, and I believe that when we follow the label, we'll, able, we'll be able to keep this technology as an OTC source. The latest work we've done looking at, at this, just feedlot implants and their value to the industry, numerically, from a dollar standpoint, it's, those implants are worth over $2 billion in performance. So if I lose that technology and my feedlots are not allow, allowed to use that technology anymore, that $2 billion ends up coming out of the pockets of our cow-calf operations because feedlots will just have to pay less for their cattle and the cow-calf guy to be the one ones that uh, bear the load on that. It's interesting that the, the, the system, the group in our industry that uses implants the least probably benefits the most from it. And uh, so I, I don't want to lose this technology. I think when we follow the labels, 
We'll keep this OTC technology and it's a, it benefits everybody in the industry. Well, thanks again, Gary, for taking the time out of your day to, to talk to us. And we really appreciate having you on the show. You bet, Evan. Thank you for the opportunity. So uh, thanks again to our listeners for uh, tuning in. And if you didn't find this informative, at least you found it entertaining.